many things in life we can only imagine. We can only fill in the blanks of what we think we know and what we've been told, what we've believed, our perception. What we're going to be talking about some today is our perception of things. I'll start off with a going to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to take myself out of the way and let your true message run through. Open the hearts and minds today to receive the message you have for us, Father. We just ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. We'll read off a few names to you. See if you can find a common denominator here. Rob Williams, Marilyn Monroe, Kurt Cobain, Sylvia Platt, Ernest Hemingway, Vincent Van Gogh. We have a, an actor, comedians, a blonde bombshell, a singer, a poet, a novelist, a painter. They all had talent in their own way. They all were famous, household names at their time, and they all left a mark on the world that lives on even today and will continue to live on as time passes. And another thing they all share in common is they all took their own life. Michael Jackson, Anna Nicole Smith, Judy Garland, Prince, Corey Ham, Heath Ledger, Jimi Hendrix, Chris Farley, and Amy Winehouse. All of these put so much drugs into their system that it caused them to expire. Money, talent, things that we dream of, to be beloved by millions, to have the the cars, the luxurious lifestyle, the high-end houses, everything at their fingertips. These are the things that these people had, and yet they seemingly gave it all away. Now, for many of us, we live paycheck to paycheck. We all do without our wants. So when we look at people like this that have everything, everything they could possibly want and wonder how is it they can just throw it all away it's all about perception for 10 years now 10 seasons they've had a show called shark tank on the air where each episode the hopefuls they go and they pitch their ideas in search of an investment now let's understand why they would want such an investment they're wanting to further their dreams they're wanting to make something happen. They want to get on the other side. They were looking for this fame, fortune, realization. What about the other side? The people in the chairs, the ones that's there that's already made it, that's already has more money than any of us knows what to do with. Why are they there? They're still trying to make more, do more, be more. Let's look at our president, Donald Trump. He's a billionaire a reality TV star, and now he's a president. But he's not the first one that's went from TV to the White House. Ronald Reagan was another example. Arnold Schwarzenegger was an elite bodybuilder, then became an actor, then a governor, and now he's back on to acting again. Rick Scott, CEO billionaire, yet he spent a good deal of his own fortune to become governor. And now he's off to the Senate. 
So back to our perspective. What is it about these people? Why can they not be satisfied where they're at? What is it that makes them not want to just go buy a boat and live on an island somewhere? Why not kick back and enjoy life? Constantly searching for more. Then we have people like John Schneider, Julianne Hug, Jennifer Lopez, Ariana Grande, Miley Cyrus. They are elite in their field, whether it be a dancer, a singer, or an actor, but yet they want to cross over onto the other side. If they're a dancer, they want to be a singer. If they're an actor, they want to be a singer. If they're a singer, they want to be an actor. They all can do great things, but yet they want to do more. Our perception. Why? Why is this drive? And they may even look at people like us and why is asked the same question. Why is our drive not enough? But the thing is, money is not a key to happiness. Neither is fame, neither is talent. Because no matter where you are in life, no matter what level you're at, there is always somebody that's below you that would love to come up to your level and be where you're at right now. If you don't believe me, watch the people around you. As you rise up the ladder, as you become more successful, the people that were there trying to help you along are now trying to cash in on your success. So here's the deal. No matter where we're at in life, no matter who we are, where we're at, what we're doing, we're all looking for happiness. I've gave you all kinds of examples this morning of people at all different kinds of levels. And no matter where they're at, they're always searching for more. And the reason this is, is because happiness doesn't come from anything in this world. This is a messed up. It's a world that's corrupted by sin to the fall of man. And there's a lot of stuff that's just not fun. So we wade through this each and every day. This obstacle course of stuff induced by sin. And we have circumstances that line up. Things happen that give us a boost of happiness for a moment. But then as circumstances change, that happiness goes away with it. We'll be in Matthew 6, starting at verse 19. Matthew 6 and 19. Lay not up yourselves treasure upon earth where the moth and the, and the rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt and where the thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, where your heart will be also. For the light of the body is the eye. Therefore thy eye be single and the whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness and therefore the light that is in thee darkness. How great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold on to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. That's exactly what we're doing. 
through. This interpretation, we are hoarding up a whole bunch of stuff in hopes that it'll make us happy. Stuff, money, even people. We base our self-worth, and then our self-worth is what controls our happiness based on what we have. Whether it be the amount of friends we have on Facebook, the followers on Instagram, or the dollars in a bank account. Or maybe it's our title that we have before or after our name. These are the things that we hold dear, that we put our self-worth in, that drives our happiness, but yet none of this stuff means anything to God. Because it's all temporary. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. For our light affliction, which is for a moment, worketh for us far more exceeding and external weight of glory. For while we look not at the things which are seen, but at things that are not seen, for the scenes which are seen are temporal, but the things that we are not seen are external. She sang that song this morning, I can only imagine. And uh, I didn't plan that. That's the way God worked it out. But we can only imagine what heaven's like, where we're going to spend eternity. God doesn't tell us a whole lot about it. And I think the reason that is because a lot of us want to go ahead and check out early and go ahead and get there. But the stuff we have now, that's what we can see. And we cling to what we can see. And because we can see it, we think that is our source. That is our joy. That's what's going to make us happy. God. God is our source of our joy. But yet we have to believe that without seeing it. Proverbs 17. A friend loveth all times, and a brother is born of adversary. You know, there's very few friendships that last the test of time. How many of us are still in touch with the people that's in our kindergarten class? How about high school? See, because life is constantly moving and changing. We're moving in different directions. We're growing at different rates. We go in different directions. We disagree. We drift apart. Things change. A career. Some of us, that's everything in our life is our career. We spend our childhood, our school years, we, we're studying, preparing for it. We work at it, and then we put everything into it. But that's something that's also temporary. All it takes is one sickness, one accident, one injury, one mistake, and it all can be gone. All it takes is that you simply run out of years and you become too old and you can no longer do it. Marriage. You fall in love. And that's a special kind of happy. And yes, it's something that we can cling to for a lifetime. But even with all that, the weight of the world takes its toll on it. It's not safe from sin because it's part of this world right along with us. And even times that that person that is so special to us can cause us grief. 
Because we're flawed. We're all flawed people. We all have our, our shortcomings. And even if we can beat all the odds, even if we can make every day special, there's nothing says that we're going to go together, that our lifelines are going to be the same length. Our children, for years, they are the center of our world. We care for them. We do for them. We try to raise them and turn them into productive people. And then what happens is they do. They grow up. They need us less and less and go out on their own. We change houses, we change cars, we change doctors, we change careers, we change co-workers. The only constant of the world is change. But yet there is one thing that has been with us since conception because he knew us in the womb. And he's going to be there with us through all eternity. And that is God. God is our only constant, our only thing that is always there and never changing. He will never leave us or forsake us. We all get depressed from time to time. Life is hard. Things happen. People come against us. Things don't go our way. And I have to be honest, you know, sometimes I like to count up all the valleys and just have a little pity party. You know, think of the ways that the world has not been kind to me. And, you know, I really didn't used to like it when someone would say, you know, it could always be worse. And it's selfish, really, because all that really does is just mess up the pity party. Now... I got a lot I could complain about. I've been through a lot. I go through a lot every day. But I'm standing here today and I'm preaching the Word of God. I walked in here underneath my own power. I was born with all my body parts and I still got most of them and most of them work pretty good. Today I will have a meal to eat. I have a place to live. I have a family that loves me and I have God in my life. So yes, Yes, things could be much worse. And for many people, things are much worse because they can't say everything that I said today. There are many people walking around without God in their life. And I can't imagine what that life is like. Psalms 1.1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, but standeth in the way of sinners, for sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and the law doeth immediate night and day. He shall be like the, the tree planted by the river of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but they that like chafe with the wind driveth away. Psalms 1 and 5, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners be cultivated in the righteousness. For the Lord knoweth the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know, I bumped on it a little bit announced this morning that during summer the church attendance drops. You know, and it bothers me now. It makes me sad for different reasons than it used to. 
You know, uh, when I first started doing this, I want a big audience to talk to. I'm trying to make a difference here. So I want people to hear me. I want people to listen. I want to see the church grow. I want the seats full. But now it's something different as God's showed more to me. It makes me sad that all these people that's not here, not here in churches all over the place, they're all doing other things, that they're trying to find happiness in something that doesn't matter. They're not going to find happiness doing other things of the world. Their lives are not going to change living in the world. I say most of us in general are pretty careful how we invest our money. Because money is something that's valuable to us. We were walking down the street and we met a stranger and he offered to invest our money for us and just uh, turn over our check to him and he'll make a ton of money of it. I think most of us would be pretty tempted not to do so. Because it's valuable to us. We can't take that risk of losing it. Because like it or not, we spend a large portion of our lives preparing for the future. From the things that we buy, you know, we're going to use. We're going to use this for that. And we plan on long term, like our cars or things like that. We're going to use them over and over again. We're going to use them in the future. We, uh, we save for things like retirement. We invest in things that are long term, like our homes. Everything we do in some form or another is about getting a little further down the road, investing in that future. We all have limited resources. They only go so far. We can only do so much with them. So we have to be careful. We have to use them wisely. Sure, we all have things that we would rather do, but we have to do what is important first, what matters. Now, this life that we're living right now, this time on earth, it's a preparation for our eternity. And when you think about eternity and what that really means and how big that really is, this little speck of time that we have here on earth is really nothing. Nothing at all. Time is a commodity that we're very short on. We only have so much of it. And the thing is, it's not like our bank account where we can look at the numbers and know exactly how much we have. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know when that clock is going to run out, when that piggy bank is empty. And we can't add more to it. There's lots of things we can do to take away from it, but there's nothing we can do to add to that clock. See, so we have Satan out there, and he knows the value of this time. And he wants to waste just as much of it as he can. That's why he's telling us all these lies. He's telling us to look for happiness here and there so we can spend this precious commodity going out and doing and getting stuff that don't matter. 
Psalms 119 and 16. I will delight myself in the statutes. I will not forget thy word. And 119 and 47. I will delight myself in the commandments which he has loved. And 48. My hands also I will lift up the commandments which he has loved. And I will mediate thy statutes. Happiness is in the word of God. Serving him. These seats are empty today because we believe the lies that Satan has told us. We believe that happiness is in the way of the world. And we believe we have been programmed year after year that church is a chore. Something we have to do, not something we should want to do. John 4 and 33. For say to the disciples to one another, Hath there any man brought to him not to eat? And Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him which sent me and to finish his work. Doing the word of, work of God. That is its own reward. That is a special kind of happiness. And that is what's going to open the doors of blessings that you cannot contain. Like the song says, I can only imagine. I don't know what heaven's like. But I do know it's something that I want to invest in. I know that I have two choices of where I'm going to spend my eternity. And I know one is definitely not an option. So we're going to, we make that choice. Option A or option B. So why not put everything into the choice that we've made? I know that's where we need to invest. Because God tells us. He tells us. You know, I know no matter how much time that I do invest in my eternity, it's not going to be enough. I believe that all of us, when we get there, we're going to say, I wish I had gave more. I wish I had invested more. Because all the stuff that's so important now, it's not even going to be on our minds anymore. We're not going to remember all this stuff, all this time we spent chasing a emotion we call happiness. Because we are going to be in true happiness, the true happiness that only God can provide. Our faith, our trust in God, it all comes down to how we view Him. What is our perception of God? We have to ask ourselves, how much have we invested into this perception? What do we really know of God? And how did we come to know it? Have we taken the time to get into the Word? To listen to His teachers? To know who God really is? To talk with Him through prayer? Or do we simply just listen to what Satan tells us? Do we listen to what the word, the world says? Do we listen to what people says is politically correct? What is our perception? 
constantly investing in a worldly future. A worldly future that's going to come to an end. We chase happiness through things that will come and go. That let's last a short amount of time. And we forget about the one. The one that can make us truly content. The one that will never leave us or forsake us. Our one true source of joy. Are you ready to change your perception? Are you ready to change the way you look at things? The way you look at the world? Are you ready to start looking through eyes that are opened by God instead of shaded by the lies of Satan? God wants us to be happy. He wants us to be happy in eternity and He wants us to be happy now. But to do so, we have to start making choices. We have to start getting in the right direction. We have to start moving the right way. We have to start moving in a godly way. Are you ready to do that today?